It's great to be together, and it's great to have all ages together. Uh, there's been a bit of a little thing going around the internet about children in churches and about how people get a bit worried, especially parents and grandparents are a bit worried that their children might move around or make a noise. Well, do you know what? That's fabulous. If we've got children in our church, we should be really grateful. And if they move around and make a noise or squawk during the sermon, who cares? We should be so glad to have them. So please don't be anxious. Um, Anybody who scowls, I'll scowl back at you. So fear not. I've been practicing my scowl all summer. We're here to worship God. We're here to give thanks for the harvest. And we have a responsive call to worship, which isn't on the sheet, uh, probably as well, because we'd have had to go to two pieces of paper, but will appear on the screen. So we'll remain seated as we share in this call to worship. I'll read the yellow if you could join with me in the white. Come, let us worship God together. The God who has given us harvest. Come, let us celebrate together. Gladly thanking God who blesses of all kinds of good things to eat and drink. Come, let us give thanks together. Grateful for all we have been given and sharing with others the harvest of God's love. And now let's come to God in prayer. Shall we try and pray together? Just be quiet for a few moments and bring these thoughts to God. Our loving God, on this day of harvest celebration, when we see the tables groaning under the weight of the food that we have brought to share with others, we begin to realise just how blessed we are. Blessed because we have shops and markets piled high with good things to eat from all around your world. Blessed because we can choose to eat the things we like rather than having to eat the things we can forage or beg for. Blessed because we have more than enough. We have store cupboards fridges and freezers where food sits until it goes out of date and we drop it into the bin. Blessed because we have money to go to cafes and restaurants or to buy ice creams or donuts or sweets. Blessed because we happen to live where we do. Please help us to be grateful for all that we have and to remember the people whose work makes it possible Please help us to be generous, not just today, but every day, towards people who are less fortunate than ourselves. Please show us how our worship and our living are part of the same commitment to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, who said, Blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty, for they will be filled. Please help us to be that blessing. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Okay, now we're going to think about growing skills in Glasgow. Glasgow City Mission, Christian Care since 1826. So when you think of Glasgow City Mission, what do you think of, first of all? If anything, do you know anything about Glasgow City Mission? We've collected lots of lovely food to give to them which probably gives us a clue to some of the things they do. 
But I wonder how much we really know about them. Perhaps this is a good thing that I've decided to have a think about this. Well, let's see what slide I've got next because I can't remember. Oh, some pictures. Do you want to look at the pictures and see if you like them? Does anybody like either of those pictures? Or not? Freya, did you like them? Yeah? yeah? I thought, sorry, I wasn't sure whether you were scratching or putting your hand up. Anybody else like them, not like them? Think they're good? Colourful? Yeah. Do you think they're good art? We really are out of practice. <laughs> Okay, some more pictures. Do you like those pictures? Yeah, maybe. Very personal thing, isn't it, Art? Well, all these pictures were painted by people who go to an art project at Glasgow City Mission. And one of the skills that they teach to people there is art. And if you've got a computer and you look, look on their website... They've actually got a whole lot of pictures that were painted by people in their art class. And you can buy prints of them to, to put up in your house. And I'm actually quite tempted to get a couple to put up in church because there are some really quite nice ones there. But this is the list of things that Glasgow City Mission do. They do numeracy and literacy training. What does that mean? It's all very well me putting these things up. Anybody who's a bit um, over 18 who can translate that into ordinary language? Reading and writing and number work. So who does reading and writing and number work? Yeah, People who go to school do reading and writing and number work. So some grown-ups, for whatever reason, didn't get the chance to do that, so they help them with that. They have an IT cafe. Who's got a computer at home? Who can connect to the internet? Most of us, but some people can't. So Glasgow City Mission does that. They have a gym where people can get fit. The art project. They teach people how to do cooking. They do alpha courses and Bible studies. They have a music suite where you can go and make music or listen to music. A gardening project where you can go and learn how to grow things and so on and so forth. They have things to help people to learn English if they don't know English already. They have housing and money help clinics, so places that people can learn if they're not going to learn how to look after their money if they're not quite sure how to do that. Or if they've got problems with housing, they can help them with that. And now they have a food bank um, as well as cooking meals for people. And I think some of the food we've given will go to the food bank and some will be given to making meals for other people. So all sorts of things, all sorts of different skills... They're helping people to grow. The skills of music, the skills of art, skills of cooking, skills of gardening, looking after their money, reading, writing, all sorts of different things. So it's all about the whole person that they're trying to help. So it's good, I think, when we bring these, our gifts, for them to realise that what they do is much bigger than just give somebody their dinner and, and give them a little gospel message at the same time. The other charity we are supporting this year, again, is Operation Agri, which is a Baptist charity that works in many different overseas countries and this year is supporting a project in Sri Lanka. So we're going to start off with a little bit of a quiz. So we'll see how much, if anything, we know about Sri Lanka. 
And it's multi-choice, so it's not too bad. Okay. Which popular beverage does Sri Lanka export? Coffee? Cocoa? Or tea? What do you think? Tea. Have a look. It is, it's tea. Way, 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 way back, they used to grow coffee. And then there was a year when there was a really bad harvest. There was virtually no coffee. So they started growing tea, and they've been growing tea ever since. Okay, next question. What animal is on the Sri Lankan flag? Is it a lion, an elephant, or a tiger? A lion? Does anybody else think it might be? Anybody else? You think it might be an elephant? Somebody thinks it might be a tiger. You think it's a tiger? Let's have a look. It is a lion. Now, the Sri Lankan flag is very interesting. If you go and look it up, um, grown-ups, on the internet, every single part of that flag is important. So there is a lion, which, if I remember rightly, is about freedom. There are four yellow leaves. They have a symbol. There are different colours. The orange, the green, and I think the red represent three of the different people groups in Sri Lanka, and the yellow background, if I remember rightly, is something about being united and getting on together. Very interesting flag, but it's got a lion on. Lots of countries' flags have lions on. One of our Scottish flags has a lion on. One of the English flags has three lions on, because we're greedy. But lots of lions. That's a, that's a lovely flag, isn't it? Do you like that one? I like that one. Well done, Fergus. You got that one spot on. It was a lion. Next question. Which two of these languages are official languages of Sri Lanka? That means ones that they write all their important things in. English, Tamil, or Sinhala? Anybody know? Maybe it's easier to say which one is not one of their official languages. Okay, so the, the two languages they use are Tamil and Sinhala, or Sinhalese. And I'm going to show you some writing in Sinhalese. See if you can read it. Can you read that? Would you like to learn that alphabet at school? Complicated looking, isn't it? My word. Okay. So Tamil and Sinhalese, or Sinhala, are the two main languages they speak. What money do they use? Do they use a dollar, or a rupee, or a yen? Let's have a vote. Who thinks they use a dollar? Nobody. Okay. Who thinks they use a rupee? Quite a lot of people. Who thinks they use a yen? A few, few yens and a few, lots of rupees. Let's have a look. It is, you're right, it's a rupee. And there's a picture of some of their notes and their coins. I think they look lovely. Lovely pictures of birds on their, their notes and all sorts of interesting shaped coins. You wouldn't get those mixed up, would you? Very interesting. That's the money that they use. Okay. Which team game is really popular in Sri Lanka? Rugby? Football? By which we mean soccer? Or cricket? Cricket. Okay. Indeed. There is a Sri Lankan at the 2020 um, international cricket thing. Sri Lanka is a very good cricket team and it's a very popular game with boys and girls. Oh, and now when you get the picture straight away, but you might not know what it is. 
what is the national flower of Sri Lanka? Is it a blue water lily? <laughs> or an orange hibiscus? Or a white poppy? Mm. <laughs> it's a blue water lily. Uh, it's a very beautiful flower. Uh, and I think it is pretty much blue rather than purple. So very lovely flower. So that's a, a flower that they like and, and is very important to them. Who knows what the national flower of Scotland is? Thistle. So it's a similar colour, isn't it? A thistle and a not, not a similar plant, but similar colours. Very interesting. So lots of interesting things to learn about them. What's the most popular meal for people to eat in Sri Lanka? Is it pizza? Is it curry and rice? Is it fish and chips? Which do you think? Who thinks it might be pizza? Anybody? Fish and chips? Curry and rice. Yeah, it's curry and rice. And in fact, they, apparently they like chicken curry especially. So that's one of the things they eat. And last but not least, I think, if I remember correctly, what would you do with a hopper? Would you put something in it? Would you ride on it? Or would you eat it? Who thinks you would put something in it? Okay, some people think you put something in a hopper. Who thinks you would ride on a hopper? Some people. Uh, who thinks you'd eat it? One, two people think you'd eat it. Do you, do you know this? You're quite right. A hopper is a kind of pancake. It looks a bit like, uh, like one of our pancakes, but curved up at the edge. And then they kind of put eggs and things on top of it and eat that for their, their meals. So it's not a space hopper, and it's not a pot you put things in. It's something you eat. Now, I really think that is the end of the quiz, so you'll be glad about that. Okay, we're going to stick with thinking about Operation Agri, and we are now going to watch a video about some of the work that is done in Sri Lanka. These children in Sri Lanka are having a celebration to welcome visitors from Britain who have come to meet people that Operation Agri has been helping. Wendy and Elgin Evans, plus John and Matt, are here to see an English lesson. Their language is Sinhalese, but English is important for many jobs. They find it hard because the English alphabet is very different. Could you learn to read the Sinhalese writing on this sign? Farms Lanka, with Operation Agri support, provides extra lessons in this poor village for children who struggle to keep up at school. When floods damaged their village, they had help with repairs and people without work were given equipment to earn money to feed the family. Farms Lanka gave Lilan a loan to buy chicks. Would you like some as pets? He teaches young people at his church how to keep chickens. When these ones are big enough, he'll sell them for people to cook as chicken curry. Jayantha also had help to equip his workshop. He uses moulds to recycle melted plastic. But what is it? It's for blowing bubbles, selling at 20p in the market. He's very creative, eating bits of old plastic bottle. What's this for? 
Put the plastic on and mold it to make a mouse. Fix a few bits and pieces and see it run with no batteries. The family arrive at this village to a welcome by the children's marching band. Stand back. They are very grateful for help to repair homes that were destroyed by a severe storm and cyclone, plus support to restart their pottery. They're expert at making the pots that people use every day. With local clay, a potter's wheel and skilled hands, different pots and bowls are soon made. John decides to have a go. Oops. What happened? A bit of help and the pot is finished. Great. Add it to the pile, waiting to be baked to finish them. The family have now come to meet people helped by Leeds, another partner of Operation Agri. Have you ever tried weaving or basket work? These people dye leaves and weave them into colorful mats, which are bound with cane. They make a variety of these attractive baskets that people buy to store food and carry rice or vegetables. Village people often use wells for washing, but this well used to have collapsing walls and they were in danger of sliding in. So they asked Leeds to help repair it. Now, with a concrete surround, it's much safer. This is how you take a shower and wash clothes here. High in the hills, people grow rubber trees. Did you know that balloons and rubber bands come from trees? Leeds help these people to look after their trees and produce more rubber from them. They slice the bark so the latex flows down the trunk and collects it in a coconut shell. They sell the rubber in sheets for making tires, balloons and erasers. Priyani was very glad to have a loan to buy a cow. She doesn't have a field, but she takes the cow for a walk and ties it to a tree to graze. Thanks to the cow, she has milk to sell and plenty for her family. These children are healthy and happy now, thanks to the help their village received, including much better water supplies. This huge new tank stores drinking water from the spring. Ruan checks the water level and Matt and John climb up to have a look, taking care not to fall off or fall in. The water is low, but will fill up in the monsoon rains. It's piped to taps in the village so the children can easily get clean, healthy water to drink. The village had help to repair the preschool building. The children now have new furniture, books, crayons, and a good teacher to help them learn well. Time to lay the table for lunch. The 
parents take turns to cook the food. Leeds have shown them how to grow lots of vegetables for a healthy meal, which you mix and eat with your fingers. Then it's playtime. Their playground is now safe and well equipped for fun and exercise. Operation Agri is glad to help poor children and families in Sri Lanka to grow skills and improve their lives. The first reading is from Daniel chapter 6 verses 25 to 27b. Then King Darius wrote this letter to all the people from other nations and language groups all around the world. Greetings. I am making a new law. This law is for people in every part of my kingdom. All of you must fear and respect the God of Daniel. Daniel's God is the living God. He lives forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed. His rule will never end. God helps and saves people. He does amazing miracles in heaven and on earth. Praise the Lord. I thank the Lord with all my heart in the assembly of his good people. The Lord does wonderful things more than anyone could ask for. The things he does are great. He does it. The things he does are great and glorious. There is no end to his goodness. He does amazing things so that we will remember that the Lord is kind and merciful. He gives food to his followers. He remembers his agreement forever. He has shown his people how powerful he is by giving them the, the land of other nations. Everything he does is good and fair. His commands all his commands can be trusted. His commands will continue forever. They must be done with truth and honesty. He rescued his people and made his agreement with them forever. His name is awesome and holy. Wisdom begins with fear and respect for the Lord. Those who obey him are very wise. Praises will be sung to him forever. Now this is the bit where I do some talking and this is the bit where we invite the young people to go with Emma to the snug where she's got a very interesting little activity for you and I know that the grown-ups will be really jealous of that so if any grown-ups desperately want to go and do craft with Emma that's fine, I won't be the least bit offended if you'd rather do craft than listen to me talk it doesn't matter if you've got a small person or not, you can be a person who doesn't have a small person who wants to go and do craft. It's completely fine. The year is 1812, and the young couple arrive in Colombo, Sri Lanka, having offered themselves for service with a relatively new organisation that would, in time, become known as the Baptist Missionary Society and which today is BMS World Mission. James and Anne Chater 
arrived with the vision of establishing a church and a school for the local Sinhalese people and the hope to extend that work in due course to include other people groups in the country that they would have known as Ceylon. It was hard work and two years passed before the first local person was baptised and began to assist them in the work. The story of the Chaitas is a story of great personal sacrifice, but the seed they planted did bear fruit. By the 1850s, their successors had established six churches, totaling 135 members, so none of these were massive churches, and 17 schools with around 450 pupils, as well as producing Sinhalese school books and tracts. Another BMS missionary devoted something like 25 years to producing a Sinhalese translation of the Bible. For 200 years then, BMS and its predecessors have worked in Sri Lanka and more than 100 different mission workers and mission partners have gone out to that land. Since the 1950s, BMS reduced its direct spending in Sri Lanka with the emergence of the Baptist Sri Lanka Maya, which is the Baptist Union of Sri Lanka. The work has changed to encourage and train indigenous mission partners, which does actually seem to have been James Chaper's vision all those long years ago. In 2013, there are 23 Baptist churches in Sri Lanka and eight mission points From what I can work out, a mission point is a bit like a church plant or a mission church, a bit like Partick and Port Dundas were to us all those years ago. And there is one remaining Baptist school which has around 2,000 students, as far as I can work out, from 5 to 18 years of age. Partnerships with organisations such as Leeds and Farms Lanka continue to grow new skills and new understanding, all inspired by the same commitment to Christ that began the work all those years ago. Around the same time as overseas mission was growing rapidly, other Christians were becoming conscientised to issues on their own doorstep. And here in Glasgow, a somewhat radical minister of the Kirk, the Reverend Thomas Chalmers, one-time minister of St. John's Renfield, just along Great Western Road from us, proved to be a powerful influence on a young man called David Naismith. Along with some friends, the 15-year-old Naismith founded three youth societies, one to support foreign mission, one to support the Bible Society, and the other for the distribution of tracts. He longed to serve as an overseas missionary, but he was repeatedly turned down due to lack of education. And so he turned his attention to the working class people closer to home. The Glasgow City Mission was founded in 1826 and was the first of its kind in the entire world. Building on the ideas of Chalmers, who divided parishes into districts and appointed visitors to go out into those districts, Naismith introduced two important new factors. Firstly, from the outset, Glasgow City Mission has been interdenominational and evangelical. 
Something which anticipated by almost a century the ecumenical movement that, by and large, we just think is normal nowadays. But perhaps more radical still was that rather than middle-class volunteers going out to visit, people were paid to do the work and were very often recruited from among the working classes, the people who understood what it was like to live in the conditions where they were working. Within a few years, Naismith had also founded the London City Mission, and it has to be said he seems to have spent more of his life there than up here. He was able to travel widely in Scotland, Ireland, the USA, Canada, and France. He kind of got his dream in a perverse kind of a way. And as a result of that travelling, no less than 140 similar organisations were founded, though, of course, they don't all continue to this day. From what I have read of the Reverend Chalmers, some of his views might not be very popular with present-day Christians. He had certain views about um, the working classes breeding too much and other things that we would think were quite offensive. But nonetheless, the work he inspired Naismith to found continues to serve the most vulnerable in our city, planting seeds of hope, growing new schools in anything from art to computers, from household budgeting to cookery. To this day, workers are recruited at grassroots level, as well as from among those who have had educational advantage. And the commitment to ecumenical, evangelical Christianity remains at the heart of the work. Okay, so that's the history lesson. But how does that relate to the Bible readings we heard, or to us, either individually or collectively. The short passage from Daniel that Bethany read for us was suggested by Operation Agri, so that was why I used that one. It was the passage that was preached on by the minister in the video who visited Leeds. And the work we are supporting is, is the Leeds work. This passage comes actually in the middle of the da- book of Daniel, and follows on quite closely from the story of Daniel in the Den of Lions. Now, if you read your Bible properly, and I'm sure you all do, you will know that this occurs when Daniel is an old man. He's been in the service of the Babylonian court since he was a young boy. If you go home and look at your kiddies' Bibles, they'll give you a young Daniel. He wasn't. He was an old Daniel in the lion's den. But through all these years, and despite hardship, suspicion, and threat, he has remained steadfast in his faith. He's learnt the skills and the culture of the court. He's kind of got used to this society he's part of. He's come to understand it. And he's proved invaluable in the service of the king. It has to be said, was not the wisest or the most considered thinking of men. Some pretty daft things, that king. In these few verses, we see the end of a very long process where the king finally recognises that Daniel's God is real and active and actually is worthwhile following. So Darius, true to form, makes a sweeping edict. He says, right, everybody, you've got to follow Daniel's God. Clearly Daniel's God's the right one. That's the one we're going to worship from now on. Now, history shows us that that kind of nationally instituted religion is fraught with danger. Whether we think about the Holy Roman Empire, whether we think about the establishment of the Church of England, whether we think about the disruption within the Church of Scotland, or a thousand and one other things, 
Claiming a faith for a nation does not make that nation of that faith, and it can be a terrible thing to kind of impose it through some kind of regulation. For all that, I think it is fair to say that something in Darius recognised that Daniel's God was somebody or something so important and so amazing that everybody should have the opportunity to discover this. But what is so attractive about Daniel's God? What was it that made Darius think, "Mm, yeah, actually, this is the way we ought to be going? Well, the Bible's full of things that connect to that. And Psalm 111, which Freya and Sarah read for us so beautifully, is a great hymn of praise, spelling out some of the attributes of God as experienced by the psalmist and the Hebrew people for whom it was written. A God who is characterized by kindness, by goodness, by fairness and mercy. A God who is amazing and powerful, caring for God's people. Okay, we might want to question the lines about taking over the nation's land. But we should do that in the light of the bigger vision we have as Christians, whereby things like race and nation actually shouldn't have any meaning for us. For something like 70 years, despite everything, God has, Daniel sorry, has continued to trust in the God who is love. The God whose essence doesn't change. The God who is present in the struggle. The God who gives what's needed, even if not all that's desired. Sometimes using people to enable that to happen. Over this time, Daniel and others have grown and developed They've shared in, the daily, in their daily lives the effects of their faith in God. It has taken a lifetime that finally the penny drops for the king and he glimpses the truth of Daniel's faith. 200 years ago, a missionary couple landed in Sri Lanka with dreams of establishing a church and a school. Just a few years later, a man recognised the needs of the poor people on his doorstep and began a work to help alleviate that. The lives of these mission workers, overseas and at home, were beset with struggle, illness, tragedy and even apparent lack of success. Google these people. Their lives were really tough. Their wives died, their children died, all sorts of struggles along the way, but they stuck at it. Why? because they continued to trust in the God of Daniel and the God of the psalmist. The world today is very different from the world they were part of, and in a certain time it's perhaps not very different at all. The work they began has continued to adapt to our time and the needs of our day and age. BMS World Mission, Operation Agri, Leeds, Farms Lanka, Glasgow City Mission, London City Mission, and many, many others continue the work of growing skills, growing hope, growing love, growing faith, trusting in the God who will bring in the final harvest of their endeavours when all things find their fulfilment in the kingdom of God, the new heaven and the new earth in which we hope. And the same is true for us. 
the work begun 130 years ago in this place carries on as we, in faith, in trust, and in hope, continue to play our part in the planting, the growing, and occasional reaping in the service of Christ. Amen. We're going to have some prayers, and they're going to be led for us by the Haas family, so there'll just be a little bit of a reshuffle of where people are standing. I'm really looking forward to this. I think it's going to be wonderful. So no pressure. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we are all too mindful of the great privilege we share by living in this country, which is bountiful in so many ways. Most of us do not struggle to put food on our table, food that comes to us from all around the world in endless variety and consistent quality. Our city does not struggle with good drinking water from our taps, nor from the threat of its source ever drying up. What we can't irrigate and grow in our soil, we have the wealth and resources to import from abroad. And we are conscious that we, are all too, that we all too often take this for granted. We know there are people all around the globe, a great many people, perhaps even the majority, who cannot take for granted the basic necessities of food and water, of sustainable harvesting and crop growing, or of the means to generate wealth in order to import those things they can't produce. God, please help those countries who are not lucky as we are. God, please help those countries where the demand for basic necessities, whether because of dense population, war, strife, poor management, corruption, disease, or imbalance and greed, where that demand for basic necessities is so much greater than what the country itself can produce. God, please help countries in Africa. God, please help countries in Central and South America. God, please help countries in Asia, especially India, now, they, now that they are hit with a terrible hurricane. But our prayers for these nations and for others must inevitably turn back upon us. For God, we acknowledge that we, as nations of prosperity, also influence and provoke sometimes directly, the poor conditions that we lift to you in prayer just now. We are guilty of our own greed and mismanagement, of our own hoarding for ourselves and our neglect for others. We ask that you forgive us for the role we have played and continue to play in making worse the inequality so prevalent in our global economies. Those whose suffering and daily life challenges seem far away to many of us. Yet to some of us here today, we are describing the circumstances of those people and communities who are closely known to and loved by us, and we pray especially for them. And while we name countries far away where deep suffering takes place, we also pray for those who are in our neighborhoods, our communities, in our own city and across the country, who struggle daily without food security, 
whose poverty creates unthinkable barriers to their ability to engage in the world around them. God, help us to be a fairer world. God, help us to grow your love through sharing and giving. We pray all these things in the name of Christ, who gave all. Amen. So let's pray together. Loving God, it's been our privilege and our joy to share together this morning. We have laughed and we have sung. We have made things and we have listened. And now we consciously offer to you our gifts. The gifts of food for Glasgow City Mission. The gifts of money for Operation Agri. And the gifts of money for this church as it continues to serve in this place. Help us to give not just materially, but to give of ourselves, our love, our prayers, our hope, our skills. In Christ's name, amen. Do take um, a moment after the service to have a look at the amazing artwork that the children have been doing with Emma. It's uh, very colourful. Thank you to everybody who's taken part in the service. It's been lovely to have young voices as well as older voices. Faithful God, we have celebrated the abundance of our harvest. We have given our gifts to grow skills and hope in others. And so as we leave this place, may we too grow in love, in faith and in grace, now and always. Thank you.